and welcome to episode 66 of the Addicted Loot Podcast. I am your co-host, Atomic Zero, aka Brian, and of course joining me as always is Tom, aka Tamaudi, and thank you for all those who just joined us through, basically for our special edition uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi podcast, and we talked about our reviews and takes of the movie. We're not going to talk about it anymore in this podcast, so It please... ran a bit longer than we in- yeah, anticipated. It went a lot... <laughs> In true addictive loot fashion, it went a lot longer than what we thought it was going to take. So, <laughs> if you guys are interested in hearing that, it is this contains spoilers. So, once you do see the movie, please go back and uh, listen mm. to that special episode that we recorded just for that. So, certainly, we'll have the it available on our website, iTunes, all that stuff, everywhere, regular places. So, all of our other standard uh, listeners, welcome back uh, to Addicted Loot, where we are a gaming conglomerate uh, entertainment conglomerate where we host a weekly pc gaming podcast as well as uh, you know twitch streaming and youtube videos all around our favorite games on pc gaming every week we cover um hit, hit breaking news topical news uh general questions and queries that are out plaguing the industry uh within pc gaming we talk about games that we are currently playing as of that week or those weeks as it were and then also we do our free game of the week uh which is a free game that you can go out and play as soon as we tell you about it and you can we've got none of that stuff this week (laughs) (laughs) with all that being said this week we're doing none of it Uh, we're actually jumping straight into the continuation and the conclusion of our year-end review. So that's the 2017 year-end review where we take all the big games from 2017 and go through uh, one last time our general impressions and feedback and everything else on those games. And, of course, it is our big holiday sweater, festive sweater, uh, Christmas uh, spirit episode. So for those who are watching us on Twitch (laughs) or those of us who want to go in and see just exactly how festive we are we invite you to go to uh, twitch or youtube and watch the uh previous recording of this because we are freaking festing it i am festive right as now. hell right we now we are Man, super freaking festive but I'm feeling it. we are going to go right into our year-end review and potentially make this uh episode definitely on the shorter end compared to what we usually do so for a couple of reasons there's not really much in gaming news this week i actually literally haven't played anything since mm-hmm. our last podcast because i've been out with with uh, Christmas gigs and, and other stuff, and you've what you've played Overwatch. I've, played, I've been playing Overwatch, trying to grind for those you know uh, perfect Christmas loot crates, but that's about it. Besides mm-hmm. that, that really has been everything I've been uh, playing. Just about. So we're gonna go straight into our year-end review, conclude this up, and then basically prepare for our big hulking special episode of the year-end awards for addictive video game awards show so it's gonna be great um we certainly this is we kind of broke down our our games of this year sort of chronologically so over the last two episodes we talked about kind of the games up to the spring and then the games of the summer and now we're basically talking about that heap of releases that started in like november (laughs) to the end of the year the past probably i don't know the probably all of our episodes for the past couple months are been focusing on these games so we're actually gonna be more abridged versions for all these games because we've already talked about all of these at almost excruciating detail in some Some of these too many times (laughs) yeah so we're gonna just try to just go through them for the fact that we want to you know they're on the list we're gonna cover them they happen this year and we just want to do them their due diligence very first one up on the list is Middle Earth Shadow of War. This is a game that I actually got a chance to play. Uh, and my take on it, and it still stands, I've tried to go back into it, it's 
they didn't do enough with the Nemesis system to really make this game shine. There are good moments. The story, I do think, is a little bit more gripping than the first one. The actual me working mechanics of the game, from the you know, parkouring, the combat, and things like that, are better. Uh, but the army system doesn't go as far as I would want it to go. The... Uh, pay-to-win mechanics are too much. The online uh, connection of the game is a little bit too much for me. There's just... And then the whole thing of the Nemesis system never did what I wanted it to do. Where it was just almost all negative surprises versus good surprises. Which is what the original game, Shadow of Mordor, was. Yeah. It was negative. You were developing literal nemeses. Um, Which made sense for the game. Yeah. This and one this was, one was yeah. presenting that, oh, we're going to use the Nemesis system to also introduce allies. Yeah, Someone could come in and save you. Yeah, the big thing for this game was that you're supposed to make your own army using the Nemesis system to make your own allies. But the problem was, you're meant to make an army, that, do, but then it doesn't travel with you. That was my biggest gripe about this game, is that I make this army that apparently I care about, and then I leave them behind and start from scratch. It's like, but no, if I'm a warlord... And I made an army. I would use that army to take care of the lands that I'm raiding. But no. I was like, man, that was so hard. Basically conquering that stronghold, making an entire army, raising my generals. Well, looks like I'm going on it by myself. See you guys. Like, mm. it made no sense. Why? why? It, like, and it, the whole point of why you do it is because people from online can, like, attack your base at any time. And they have to stay there to defend it. Which is bullshit. But... I don't know. It it was a if you liked the first game, you would like this game, but for me, what it was just too many missteps. It was like they this game had so much promise, it just did not deliver. Yeah, I didn't play it. Um had hope for it cuz I really like Shadow of War, uh Shadow of Mordor, excuse me. Yep. Um but just based on literally everything that you've told me uh, really was enough to color my impression of mm, probably not, maybe on sale, who knows. It's probably a good sell game, but it's just, yeah. It's, it's also, I know it's going to be a big game. I don't have time for a big yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time for it. Yeah, and I've tried going back to it a few times, and it just it keeps failing each time to grab my full attention. I keep mm -hmm. on thinking, there's another game that was released like three years ago that's better, and I want to play it more, so mm -hmm. I'm going to go play that game. Like, it's like... Mm -hmm. That's a, For me, the ultimate sign of a good game is when it's the only game you want to play. Mm -hmm. and I, ex weird. I experienced that very freshly with Tides of Numenera. When I was playing that, I was like waking up ready to play that game. And it's weird because this year, almost basically, like I, I have yet to have that moment with any one of the games on our list this year. Mm. Like... It's weird to me. There was good games in this games I like, but there wasn't a game that sucked me into it yeah. to the point where I couldn't get out. Like, yeah, that's something that I've been thinking about recently too. As I've been thinking about all the games of this year, is like, again, Tides of Numenera. That was one. But even then, when I finished that, I was like, yeah, that was cool. That was really good. I liked that a lot. Um, but I, it didn't enter top ten or, or top five. Yeah, just you know? nothing this year just really completely involved me. But. Uh, moving right along, South Park, the Fractured But Whole, once again, Ooh. I've been giving this numerous updates and reviews the last couple weeks, so this is going to be real quick. 
I still think ultimately the Stick of Truth was a much better overall game. The Fractured But Whole got really good at like the 10 hour mark, which might yeah. be too long for some people. It did eventually get good, and I personally think, take it from me, if you start the game off and don't pick the Brutalist, it probably is a much better start in terms of just pure character gameplay, but the story arc itself is too linear for my liking, and the customization just isn't isn't there. The ability progression is just not that great. Uh, you basically, you get all these subclasses which are supposed to make you go, ooh, I can customize my person for every engagement where it ultimately just turns into, these are my best set of abilities I have. I'm going to keep riding them. And, like, it just, th- there's very little uh, dynamic, like, uh, you know, like, there's very little change in the combat. It's, everyone has their um, hits, they hit in the same manner. And you just have to position yourself each time to handle it. Like, there was mm. no moments where I thought, like, oh, I should use this ability more. I should use that ability more. Oh, I need this character or that character. It's just all just kind of eh. Like, in any other RPG in combat, if you go back even to the original turn-based Final Fantasies, you had so many options of abilities to choose from that all the battles were different. These were just... There is some little um, you know, special sprinkles everywhere, but ultimately the combat was the same. And mm. once again, the Stick of Truth did all of that so much better. Mm. Uh, but if you like the Stick of Truth, you probably got the Fracture Butthole. Like I said, by the end of this game, I wasn't disappointed with it because the ending got that good. Cool. But it's just, it's hard to say. Usually so. it's the other way around, yeah. so that's nice to hear, I guess. It's weird to say, but that's really my take on the Fractured Butthole. It, it, it got to the point where it finally got good, but it was too little too late for me. Mm-hmm. Everything else besides the main storyline seems pointless. They did not do a good job with all the side quests when the Stick of Truth did a good job with just about everything. Mm-hmm. Destiny 2, what can we say? We've been marathoning this game the past couple episodes, so I'm just going to say my piece with it real quick. I came from Destiny 1, Destiny 2 came out, Destiny 2 had a much better game at release than Destiny 1, it's still going to have the problem of it's probably going to need a couple expansions before it hits its full potential, but it's a guilty pleasure game, all the mechanics are straightforward and just they handle the way you want them to handle, every time I jump into this game, it's just fun like, even though I do, like, I might play the same strike mission a couple times in a row, I still have fun when I do it because I just enjoy the characters, enjoy the armor, enjoy the movement, I enjoy the impact of everything, the impact of the abilities, and things like that. So, overall, for me, I think Destiny is a really good game for this year, and probably one of the better ones for me personally of this year's list. Yeah, I can only echo that. I, I have loved Destiny 2. I've really loved my time with it. I'm not done playing it. I'm still playing it every other day or sometimes every day, you know. Um, it's it's a game that, obviously, I'm the one that came from nothing. Like, <laughs> I came from nothing, and now I'm here. Um, and I, I really like Destiny 2. It's a really fun game to play. Um, yeah. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Oranges or Assassin's Creed I said oranges, damn it. Assassin's Creed Origins, or Ask Creed Oranges to some of us, uh, next came on the list. So this is another big, just the standard Ubisoft Assassin's Creed release for this year. Mm-hmm. This one was set in Egypt. Uh, got a surprisingly 
really good reviews for mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed game lately. From what I've read, it seems like it was a nice, refreshing turn to the Assassin's Creed formula in the sense that they changed up the combat and they changed up the settings and everything else. Um, there's a little bit more um, features such as, you know, the camels, uh, mm-hmm. boat fighting, boat travel, stuff like that. So it seems like it's actually decently interesting. And also the uh, museum tour guide feature mm-hmm. of it, which I know is what Tom really got drawn to. Uh, I actually think personally that's probably one of the better features of this game as well, is the fact that there's a curator mode. Uh, Neither of us have first-hand experience with the game. but No, this is a game I'd love to play someday. Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. I think eventually I'll get this on a sale uh, and potentially play it, but to put this in perspective, I have the past two or three Assassin's Creed's, and I haven't played them whatsoever. I only got mm-hmm. them because they were on—they were super on sale for a couple books. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and, and this, that will inevitably happen with this one. Yeah, and it's just—it's so. just, just going to marathon that way. But all, all, overall, for an Assassin's Creed game, it got really good reviews, and it seems like most people enjoy the game. Yeah. Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Uh, we actually talked about this game once again really recently. It was the lone pioneer of the year of waving the flag of a single storyline on rails can be amazing. No multiplayer, no microtransactions. No microtransactions, no open world. This is the story. You're going to basically experience it in this way, and that's fine. And everyone kind of rallied around this game because of it. And it seems overall people were not disappointed it seems like they once again were rewarded with their you know with their how how steadfast they were with glute being like supporting this game in the sense that it did not have the same downfalls of all other triple a titles specifically and once again this is a game i a thousand percent will eventually be getting once i'm done with all the current games i'm trying to get through I love the first one. I can only imagine I'm going to like the second one after everything I've seen about it. It seems mm-hmm. like a solid game. Uh, it just, I have to get to it. It's, it's a, unfortunately, it's a franchise that doesn't really interest me, and for no particular reason. Um, I just, I, I haven't quite felt the grip of Wolfenstein yet, and I love World War II fiction. I, I, I love the concept of it as this yeah, kind of self-aware. Too. Yeah, as this self-aware, hyper-real World War II alternate reality stuff. That's great. That's, that's super up my alley. But there's just something about it that hasn't quite pulled me in yet to even say. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like. Th- I mean, this is like the gorier version of like Gears of War in the sense of. Yeah, and I'm not a it, Gears junkie. You know, there, so. There's no cover. There's no cover. It's literally it's almost Doom in the sense of it's big violence, big gore in the sense of you're not meant to take cover, you're just meant to go in and wreck shit up. Yeah, that's not really my jam. I like... They're like there's, re- there's really like no sneaking. There's no, yeah. like, like there, You can if you want, but ultimately this game is about kicking the door with two shotguns and just lighting right. the place up. I like playing... It's a name about killing Nazis and we're gonna <laughs> kill the Nazis. I like playing... A stealth game, and then the final mission allowing me to do that. You know what I mean? It's like the release at the end of "I've been stealthing this bitch the whole way." You bet I've got double machine guns or whatever. Yep. You know, Call of Duty World War Two. The other World War Two game. Yeah, the, it's the Call of Duty installment for this year. Ultimately, it's a Call of Duty game with World War Two paint all over it. If you're looking for a super pretty Call of Duty game with microtransactions up the ass, ta da! 
Uh, the storyline was underwhelming and disappointing. Even the multiplayer, from what I've heard, is underwhelming and disappointing. And it's basically just every other multiplayer shooter in the world with an M1 Garan. Take it as it is. I mean, you like I, them though. Even, <laughs> when I tried, those. even when I tried the beta, it was just so completely underwhelming, where nothing mm. felt right. At least the, mm. like uh, the last World War II game they made, which is World at War, the World War II era ga- um, guns handled realistically, but enjoyably. This was just like, oh, you're using a single shot noob, brrr, like. Mm. Uh, it just it makes no sense so mm-hmm. um yeah i uh big disappointment for the year i um i i, I youtubed a couple of the cut scenes just to kind of see what the flavor of it was like and it was as good as pulpy it looks great the the pulpy? yeah it was pulpy you know like pulp pulp uh, as a genre um and uh yeah like the character designs are great you know it's call of duty does does great cinema but you know take that as you will that's what it is that's what you're getting you're getting a cinematic shooter you want that this is probably a good good example of it yeah i would definitely agree with that hand of fate 2 is actually a dark horse this year for me in the sense of it's not gonna be a huge game people liked the first game a lot it was kind of like that mm-hmm. like a, a indie hit for the yeah, year i like hand of fate I really love Hand of Fate 2. They did a better job with it. I know people still aren't a fan of the combat system, but this isn't a game about combat. This is a game about making strategic to- choices throughout a design-your-own-story with it's a combat very, being there as a feature. It's a very tabletop game in video game form. Yeah, it's it's kind of like d It's like a little bit... It's D&D-esque role-playing, just a little bit more streamlined and condensed. Uh, but it's still a really fun game. I love the you know how how random it is. I love the Twitch integration mm. of it specifically. It was a ton of fun to stream. Hopefully, knock on wood, we'll eventually be getting to streaming it again just to kind of finish it off. But yeah. definitely liked Hand of Fate two better than the first one, which is saying a lot. So, Hand of Fate two, great game for this year. Highly um, recommend it. Sonic Forces, Tommy. Uh, well, I haven't played it yet, um, but Sonic Forces looked like it was following in the Sonic Generations theme, which is to say it was modern Sonic with classic Sonic. Um, we talked about Sonic Mania last week, I believe, yep, um, week. and Sonic Mania was the retro throwback Sonic, the 2D side-scrolling pixelated 32-bit Sonic, and um, or, or 16, maybe 32, uh, and Sonic Forces is the most recent modern Sonic. Um, it's you know Sonic with Edge, and I'm into it. I'm 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 into this type of Sonic. I hope to maybe someday get this. This is also the one where it's like create your own Sonic character. So if that's a selling point to anyone, you create your you can create your own Sonic themed you know using kind of elements. Um, I I don't really know what the reaction to this was like. I don't think it was as uh, you know was, uh, uh, as Sonic Mania yeah. was. Sorry, but that's what it seemed like to me. I I, I, I apologize agree with you there. That. <laughs> it really was frustrating. Sonic Mania was like when you're not into something and literally everyone around you is like it's the best thing ever. It gets really frustrating. <laughs> so, yep. Star Wars Battlefront 2, I mean, what more do we really have to say about it? This was yeah. disappointment on top of dif- disappointment on top of disappointment. The, the bi- story is good. It's it's not great, but it's good. The story is passable, uh, yeah. but ultimately it's too short and too small shallow. scope. Yeah, really yeah. too shallow and uh, 
yeah, shadows is probably the best word to mm-hmm. make the whole game worthwhile, especially when they're they have a pay to win, lackluster multiplayer system. It gives you the the feel of being in Star Wars, and that's the only selling point it is. But that could be so that could be fulfilled in so many better games out there. So, I would dare to say, in light of our recent discussion, I think I like Star Wars Battlefront 2's story, small and shallow as it is, better than the Last Jedi. I don't know enough of it to make that distinction. Yep, but. I don't know. It might not be that far out. Uh, and and that's just a testament to the fact that I do like quick, clear, concise, zippy adventures. Yeah. And this was this was very zippy. This it's is, you know, like four hours, zippy. four hours of, of it, yeah. which is to say it was a four hour Star Wars film. But, you know, with video games, there's a lot of padding between. Yeah, there's highlights. a lot of things you wouldn't see in a movie yeah. versus the game. But yep. the one shining gem in the pile of uh Controversial shit. I was gonna. I was trying to make a Star Wars <laughs> reference with shit, but I couldn't think. Bantha of poo. Basically, <laughs> uh, is that this, the dog fighting in this game is incredible? Mm. If, mm-hmm. they, if they completely cut that, if they cut that from Star Wars Battlefront Two and put made it as a a full sixty dollar game, I would buy it yesterday. So yes, very that good. We enjoyed that best, during the beta. Best p- part of this entire game. Mm-hmm. The Sims 4 Cats and Dogs, once again, Tommy up your wheelhouse. I normally don't condone putting expansions on here, but Sims expansions are kind of like mini-releases. Every time one comes out, it's sort of like they're releasing such a chunk of the game. <laughs> um, uh, I have not, unfortunately, had much experience with this because once it launched, I, I run Sims with a substantial amount of mods, and most of them were busted and so I, I i think i might have told the story but when i fired it up once i finally got it working because the game wasn't originally even launching once i got it working um my character was there but he had no pants and he was now a sheep so <laughs> that was uh that was an interesting twist um it was me it was my face my sim i tried to make look like me but the lower section of the body was um, the opposite of what I am in real life, uh, <laughs> quite literally. Um, so that was uh, that was a bit of a shocker, and I don't think I've actually fired it up <laughs> since then. I was like, "Oh, when did this happen, Sim Tom? Why didn't you tell me about this little development?" I'm on. I mean, whatever, do what you want, but like, <laughs> this is going to change some things. Um, but the Sims 4 Cats and Dogs, obviously, it added cats and dogs. It wasn't a full pets expansion. There weren't horses or fish or things like that. Um, but, it, it, boy, did it add cats and dogs. It added every breed of cat and dog under the sun, including even, like, like raccoons or Raccoon, under cats, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, the, the animals run or run operate wonderfully they uh i'm describing them like the robots they're very reactive um they're expressive the sims 4 is a very expressive game uh it's more cartoony and as such the animals have these big like "Mm, i've got pouty eyes or i'm meowing and angry like it's the way that animals feel in real life maybe exaggerated more than what they really look like um, but they they feel very alive and it's it's interesting because in this one the animals control themselves and they just indicate to you when they want things. It's not like, okay, cat, I'm going to select you, you go pee, um, and then Sim Tom, you go deal with whatever you got to deal with. Um, they're just a- autonomous creatures that 
do what they want to do. It's going to jump on the furniture. It's going to wander around the neighborhood. Who knows? Um, so it's cool. I, I liked my brief experience with it so far, but I'm desperate to get my pants back. Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Love it. Still playing it every day. Haven't missed a day since it came out, and you haven't logged in for 24 days, so it's been out for almost a month. <laughs> I played. That's how I know. Brian's my metric for when the game released. I think I played it for three or four days. Yep. Maybe two. I, uh, Maybe two. I uh, think you played the release and the day after, or like the day after release and the day after that, and that's yes, it. Yes, that probably is exactly what it was. And yeah. uh, and so Brian's always last logged in on my friends list. Um, if we aren't friends on Animal Crossing yet, uh, people watching this or listening to this, slide into my DMs. Let's be let's be buddies. They just added gardens today. Um, not really my thing. Let me but go reinstall it right now. Yeah, <laughs> let's get Brian fired up for planting tulips. Um, I, lo- I, I love Animal Crossing. It's a game that is the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. I roll over, I grab my phone, I check Twitter, and then I turn on Animal Crossing and I do what I feel like I need to do for that that little chunk of time. And then. Again, it's like there are milestones like every three hours, every six hours, every 12. And it's like, I try my best to catch all of those because I'm just, I'm still playing it. I'm still having a great time. It's a And they're, they're continuing. Yeah. You're drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> they're continuing to uh, add stuff to it. They're continuing to develop it. It's winter now. There's now snow everywhere, which is cool. I'm glad that they did that. Um, I love Animal Crossing. It's, it's, it's my favorite place to hang out and relax. <laughs> So that's that's really what it is. And of course, should probably specify this is a mobile game. So oh yeah, that, that would be a good distinction. This is a mobile yeah. game. Yeah, um, we're talking Mo- about something that's on Android and iPhone. Uh, yeah, we, we, we wanted to bring it up because of, well, it's a big release Tom wanted it. So It's Yay. a big release this year, says me. Yes, so it made the list because of Tom made most of the list. So Actually, these last four I'm looking at are just like are completely all you. made. So, <laughs> with that, oh, Kami, take it away. Oh, it's so great. I Again, unfortunately, haven't played more of it this week, but I, I logged a good couple of hours. Uh, the day came out, and it is at, at home on PC. It feels so nice. It looks so nice. Uh, Okami is a game that came out uh, over 10 years ago. It came out in 2006 on the PS2. Uh, it's a Zelda-like adventure where you play a wolf. Um, go listen to, I think, last week's episodes when I was talking about it. Um my final take on it really is it's a game that could have been released today and you would say great this is a great new game it's it holds up it, it's not something that's like you go back and play i don't know final fantasy something and you're like whoa this was actually there was some awkward stuff in here you know um it, it was probably i guess you could say it was a game that was ahead of its time because it feels in line with in this day and age of breath of the wild and stuff like that it feels like a contemporary to those uh, I'm always surprised when I remember that this is, you know, a couple uh, 2006. Yeah. 2006 was, you know, Bioshock hadn't even come out yet. You know, this was this was a, a two or three generations ago. Yeah, technically, gaming generations ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it did a smart thing. The design of the game is deliberately unique. It's like when you have games these days that are pixel art. You know. But I put it in kind of a different category, but what I mean is that you look at it and you say, oh yeah, it's a game, instead of, whoa, this looks like, you know, Call of Duty 3, and you say, oh boy, they're trying to look realistic and they're pretty good, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can see the polygons kind of stuff. It's a beautiful game. And close out the 2017 review. Close it out, Tom. Gorgoa. 
Gorogoa came out last week. I have not played it yet because this is a game that I am desperate to to play with my mom. I'm very excited for it. It's a puzzle game. Um, there's a free demo of it that was has been out. This is one of those games that's been out there for like four or five years. Um, and we actually pitched it as a free game of the week one week. Um, Gorogoa, G-O-R-O-G-O-A. Uh, it's a game that's got this kind of painterly four-panel imagery where you're trying to kind of progress through, I don't even know if it's a narrative, you're just progressing. And the way you do that is you can like click and drag one image onto another image and the thing, in the, if they're the correct combination, they'll interact with each other. So you might have a kid standing and then you have a doorway. And if you drag the doorway, which is black behind it, over the kid, he walks through the doorway. And oh, now he's in this panel and it pans out and he's on a street, you know, or something like that. So it's it's a cool, creative little thing that uh, is sitting on my computer ready to be played. We also wanted to make special attention to the fact that this year the Nintendo Switch came out. So that gave us Breath of the Wild, uh, Super Mario Odyssey, a couple other things, but those are certainly the two that are kind of the big headline Nintendo games um, with this new console. And also this year was the Xbox uh, Scorpio, so One X, yes. uh, S something. Uh, I, I don't really know anything about it, I'm sorry. <laughs> but those those came out this year as mm-hmm. for like consoles. But the Switch has definitely been this kind of well-received uh, I think the Switch has been well-received due in no small part to Breath of the Wild. Uh, that has certainly shown up on more than one Game of the Year list. Uh, I, Without giving too much away, I think that's justifiably so. I think Breath of the Wild is a fantastic game. But on that bombshell, we are going to complete our... 2017 year-end review for all of the big games that were released this year, at least in either critical opinion or our own personal opinions, either myself or Tom's. Now, all this has been leading up to next week, which is our official end-of-the-year awards show, which <laughs> might feature some or many or none of these games. Who knows? But we do invite you and anyone who does plan to join us next week. Start thinking of your own personal game of the week, and maybe come chat game of the year. At, game of the sorry, a game of the year, <laughs> and uh, chat at us live on Twitch when we go to do this. And I would love to actually, when we review ours, to have everyone else kind of chime in with theirs as well. I mean, I would love to hear even even if you want to do it ahead of time, from when you hear this uh, recording yep. up until when we actually do it. Tweet at us, send us an email, something, and just say, "Hey, I know you're doing your award show." Hey, this is this would be my awards pick for this reason. Viewers' choice. Yeah, viewers' choice. We could have a <laughs> viewers' choice right in. We could also have make up your own category, give your own nominees, and then give your own winner. And we, if will, you're the only category and nominee, we'll put it in. Who yeah, cares? We will uh, basically put it in. So we'd be very excited to hear all that. But mm-hmm. as always, we have been addicted to loot. You can find. Sorry for the short episode, guys. Yeah, so but uh, we have. It's been a night. It, it, you know, this has been about a half hour episode, but we already did an hour and a half plus on the Star Wars The Last Jedi, so it's been a little bit longer at night. And once again, we do invite you, spoilers included, to go check that out once you do complete mm-hmm. the movie. But the show notes and everything else for this episode will be on our website at addictedaloot.com, where you can get links to our Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. You can get links to our the audio version of this podcast at... 
iTunes, Sound, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, as well as Google Play Music. You can get links to our Gmail, which is addictedaloot at gmail.com. You can get the link to our group Twitter, which is at addicted to loot, which you can tune into for any general updates and news for the channel when this when our podcast goes live, when uh, whether it's the live recording or the actual audio only recording of it you can uh find links to our own personal twitter if you just want to hang out with us or talk games with us just on any basically any day at any moment uh mine is at atl underscore atomic zero and tom's is at t-o-m-a-l-i-t-y that is at tamality before we finish i would like to say you know this is our last pod before christmas so merry yeah. christmas guys yes very good yeah Merry you know, Christmas, happy holidays to everyone happy, else out there. Happy holidays. Hope you get all the games that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, wherever you may be. Wherever you may from be. from everywhere, so. Yeah, and thank you guys. Like, I know this is this is premature for the end of the year episode, but thank you guys for, like, supporting an entire year of this at plus. Second you know, entire year of this. This is our pretty much second whole year of doing this. Um, Just about, made yeah. a, a lot of fantastic friends along the way so far, and uh, we're looking into the future, but... Yeah. As always. Happy holidays. Oh, keep it festive as heck. Huzzah.